0: Here we go. All right. Hey guys, Steve here, this is Potaponics. Today we're going to talk about
1: growing with fishes. <sighs> growing with fishes.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast, episode two hundred and ninety-two. Uh, this uh, I'm your host Steve from Ponics, and this week we have Cass from Cognitive Function. Thanks for joining us so much this week.
1: Heck yeah! And two hundred and ninety-two—that's a good one. I was born in nineteen ninety-two, so look at that synchronicity. <laughs> 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 Letting everybody know how old I am. About to make my thirtieth turn around the sun. <laughs>
0: It's all right. It gets scarier after that. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, people are like, are you looking forward to it? And I'm like, I mean, I guess. My mom's Asian, so she's had me feeling like I'm 30 for the past five years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Awesome. Well, uh, for those of you that haven't joined us before, this is a, um, you know, regenerative living soil and aquaponic podcast that also touches on cannabis, cannabis culture, as well as uh, episodes like this that also touch on different types of plant medicines and and other types of uh, uh, options for people that are in that same kind of realm. Um, This week, we're going to talk about mushrooms. Um, We haven't really had much uh, content on that before, uh, although they're not the ones that you're thinking of, I think, um, uh, offhand. Uh, so uh, don't get too excited if that's what you thought you're you're gonna listen to today. But uh, we do have a bunch of really cool uh, mushroom medicine talk to ha- to talk about today with with Cass. Um, for those of you that haven't uh, uh, checked us out before, you can also find out more info at apmjclass.com. Marty and I, the co host of the show. Ooh, uh, got the wrong setting. Always oh, screw this part up. There we go. Um, <laughs> Uh, we do have a full online class. Uh, if you want to learn more about aquaponic cannabis, uh, it has over 700 lectures. Uh, we talk about pretty much everything. We have a whole new revamp for the pest control that's going to be going out uh, for the class as well. And I'm almost done uh, uh, redoing. Um, I would not know there's anything wrong with the old version, but uh, the new version is uh, just that part of it is over 200 slides. So um I think you guys are really going to like it, and uh, it's kind of a little bit more in-depth uh, than, than the, what we used to have on there, which was still about 100 and some slides, but um, we kind of go over a little bit more detail in the back. We're also going to be offering the pest management portion of the class as a separate shorter class as well uh, here in a couple of weeks, so uh, definitely look out for that. Uh, we'll have some more info on that as we get closer, but uh, that is also in the works uh, as well because we do have a lot of requests for that uh, separately, so. All righty, now that we got the housekeeping out of the way, um, thanks for joining us this week, Cass. Um, uh, Why don't you tell everybody a little about yourself and and what you do? You have an amazing company called Cognitive Function. You you have uh, some festivals coming up. You do all kinds of crazy (laughs) stuff. uh, um,
1: Tell us about yourself
0: and what you're, you're about
1: yeah thank you so much for for having me on i know we've been trying to do this for months so i'm glad that it's finally worked out Uh, my name is cassandra Posey, and i am the founder of cognitive function this beautiful website was just redone and i'm so proud of it Uh, i feel like it it has such a cool look to it Um, i started cognitive function back in 2018 i had been on pharmaceuticals for adhd depression and anxiety for about 17 years of my life, from the age of nine to uh, 25, I put this super long bio in here because people have been asking for it for a long time. So, if you made it through that whole bio on my website, uh, thank you so much for for having the patience to read my vulnerable story. Um, so, back in 2018, I was 25 years old, and I was really struggling, um, you know, with uh, with life and the approach that I was taking. I was working a a really, um, hectic job, uh, putting in, you know, more hours than I needed to every day. And I was on, um, for ADHD and, uh, different medications for anxiety and depression as well. Um, and I kind of just hit a point where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't do it anymore. And I had been obsessed with diet and nutrition ever since I was little, um, And I had tried so many different diets out there and came across, um, I don't know if you're familiar, Steve, but you might be, um, uh, Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride's work. She wrote the GAPS book, um, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, and it really focuses on full fats. Her son had autism and she was able to really minimize symptoms by moving out onto the land and cooking all of his meals in house and a lot of homesteading and a lot of really understanding healthy animal fats. I was vegan at the time, so totally rocked my world, but I was willing to give it a try um, because of how badly I was struggling. And I kind of took her approach and then started adding medicinal mushrooms into the full fat. So one of my first products was uh, cordyceps ghee. And that's still part of the line today uh, that we sell at Cognitive Function. Um, It's a seasonal product now because I really like to use that summer butter. It's the most tasty decadent decadent butter. Um, And then we also carry a vegan option as well, which is coconut oil, MCT oil, and uh, mushrooms. And then, um, as you know, that really healed my, my brain and my gut, I started traveling around becoming completely obsessed with mushroom cultivation and sourcing as a whole, um, cognitive function. I aim solely at transparency. Um, you know, if I'm not putting it in my body, I'm not promoting it. And I work with a lot of mothers out there. So it's a really big thing to them as well. Um, and so I've met tons of amazing folks along the way, and I support solely U.S. cultivators, um, farms that I've walked through, people that I've met along the way, and that, you know, we use our dollars at Cognitive Function to support, um, to bring the best medicine and best transparency to the marketplace. Um, I now have, I think I've got five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 SKUs total. I, I kind of alter because i do some csa items along the way too but we've got a whole tincture line we've got a whole food is medicine line um and if you're not familiar you should definitely check it out um and shoot me a dm if you ever want to talk about protocols for adhd depression or anxiety because that is my favorite thing to talk about
0: <laughs> yeah so uh, what kind of got you into um Wanting to start your own company as far as uh, what kind of made you take that leap into trying to create the medicines for other people? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Um, I was, I guess, trying to really create a sustainable approach for my life. And my my thought process was, okay, well, Cass, you can, you can get off the meds, but how do you stay off of them? And so for me, it was carving out that Um, That system to, you know, help the adrenals get back into balance and help manage the stress. But also, you know, I needed to figure out how to be my own boss and go out in the woods if I needed a break from from the hustle and bustle. And if I need to be depressed and lay in bed all day on a Tuesday and not answer emails, then that's just what I'm going to do. So I think it was a part of that, trying to create a sustainable lifestyle for myself. And then it was also me being fueled by what was currently on the marketplace. And when I was trying to um, help myself and come back to baseline, a lot of the mushroom products that I had found on the market were all doo-doo. Like (laughs) I started researching and looking into them and I'm like, hold on, this is just my celiated biomass, which for anybody out there listening who is like, what does that mean? Um, It's essentially when you're Cultivating mushrooms, you're growing them on a substrate, and the organism exists on that substrate. Um, so it's a cheap way to make medicine because you can pretty much run it on different types of starches. One of them being brown rice. That's usually what mushrooms are typically cultivated on. Um, when we're talking about myceliated biomass and. For me, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I want a full spectrum product here and I want something that actually works. And, um, yeah, there's a good picture. That's an excellent one to pull up. So you've got the mycelium, which is all of that white, beautiful fluffiness floating around. And then the fruiting body of, this is an oyster mushroom, looks like a blue oyster mushroom. Um, that fruiting body is what's sitting on top, that actual more mushroom looking shape that most of you are probably familiar with. Um, and I, I really wanted something that combined both of them. Uh, and then I got obsessed with uh, cannabis extractions and trying to learn more about different ways to, to, to push the solvents to really be working for us. And um, yeah, look at how cool mycelium is. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they're coming out with so many different kits. Um, which I'll talk about the festival in a little while, but um, there'll be somebody there that's going to be showing us how to make myceliated pots to grow plants out of and stuff. And I'm super stoked on that. Um, But yeah, to loop back around, I wanted something that was full spectrum on the market. So uh, that was a big play. And then also being able to really push the extract game and and really like hone in on that. And how can we best, um, how can we best, utilize the solvents to pull out all the constituents we need and you know how do we make it so that it's not degraded by heat um all these different components so that's kind of what i've spent the last five years working on and being excited about and for me it was just that whole sustainable approach of business like how do we make it so that i can exist and be happy and and not get back on the pharmaceuticals so every day is like a fresh day. I wake up and I'm stoked because I've been off the meds since 2018, which is probably the biggest accomplishment of my life.
0: Awesome. Um, What are some of the different misconceptions and things that you often hear about uh, mushroom-based medicines that you think maybe are are some barriers that people are uh, to getting into and uh, and approaching this type of medicine?
1: I think the biggest one is people are always like, am I going to get high? And then, you know, you have to have that conversation, which is like, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a valid, it's a super valid question, but there's just such a misconception around like, either am I going to get high or how do you know it's not poisonous to which I'm like. I don't know, man, I've been doing this for a little while, if it's poisonous, like, you know, that'd be a whole other story. But, uh, but yeah, so I put kind of like a FAQ section on the website just to try to give a little bit more transparency to customers, because that's, that's the question I get a lot. Um, and I work at the Ballard Farmers Market out here in Seattle, if you guys are local to the area, that's where I reside. And um, I, you know, I have people come up all the time, and they're like, so are these gonna get me high? Or are these the fun mushrooms? And I'm like, they're all fun, first and foremost. And second of all, if they could get you high, I might be making more money than I am right now. Um, so those are probably the misconceptions we have. And I also urge people to, I'm like, if you wanna learn more about identification and get excited about that, the, um, you know we host classes. I say we a lot, but it's really me behind the brand. Um, But I try to get my friends out as much as possible and host mushroom and plant walks. Um, And with Cognitive Function, I've really just aimed for it to be an education first company. So trying to put as much out there as possible, you know, to the capacity that I have and the resources I have um, and, and really just get everybody excited and educated because if you can be educated on Um, things you've got so much more of a a deeper understanding of how to operate your body and this you know human bio instrument as I once heard I love that term
0: what are some of the different mushrooms that you're using uh, for your different types of, of products you have cordyceps and lion's mane and turkey tail and reishi Um, can you tell us about some of those different ones maybe starting off with uh with cordyceps because i think cordyceps is one of the coolest ones a lot of people don't really realize uh, that uh cordyceps not only are really healthy for you but they're also kind of becoming more and more used in 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 large-scale agriculture as a biocontrol and kind of helping us get away from chemicals as well so they really are a wonderful group of mushrooms and i know when i was down in Peru. It was so cool to see how everything, all the different insect species in the jungle down there in the Amazon had different cordyceps mushrooms that helped balance out the different uh, things so that nothing was too overpopulated. And you'd find grasshoppers with all kinds of funky stuff and a tarantula with all kinds of funky stuff growing out of it. And a Katie did with all kinds of funky stuff growing out of it. And it was kind of the way that everything kind of achieved balance. If there's too much of a population, the fungi wipe them out and it kind of brings balance. Yeah, it really it's made like- a lot of sense to see it on that scale, you know.
1: That is so cool. I am like, I'm so jealous that you are envious, I guess is the word that you got to have that experience. They're such little, little, uh, bio Like I, cordyceps first and foremost have been the biggest love affair of my life. Like most consistent, like out the gate, not just because they're an aphrodisiac, which they are, but also just because like, I every day feel like I wake up and I serve the cordyceps. Mushroom. <laughs> like, I feel like they're my, they're my, uh, they're my, the thing that I, uh, I bow down to. I feel like, you know, they really saved my life with the, the properties they have for energy. Um, and I'll run in the back and grab some extracts in a little bit so we can look at them together. But, um, cordyceps were really what got me through trying to get off of the Um, more more people are probably familiar with Adderall, but I was on Vyvanse. Um, and so, yeah, they really helped me get off of that and rebalance my immune system. Um, but the way they grow in the wild, kind of like C was saying, yep, there's one right there. Um, I actually have a tattoo of it too, which is kind of a good learning tool, but essentially the spores will fall. The spores will fall on the mushroom right here, or sorry, on the bug. So this one is a wasp and it will lead it to completely twitch out and be like completely brain controlled. And it'll it'll lead the, the, the organism, the bug, it'll lead the bug to go and die. Usually they, they bury themselves, sometimes they're on leaves. And then once they've died and the fungus has myceliated the substrate, the substrate being the bug, the uh, mushroom will will fruit out of its brain, which is so epic. Um, I love them for that. I feel like that's me. I feel like the cordyceps fruited out of my brain and that's my natural state now. <laughs> and, but yeah, Paul Stamets has been doing a lot of work with um, using them as a bioregulator. Yeah, look at that. So I think that's an ant, is that an ant? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. And what's crazy is too, a lot of these are, there's a tarantula.
1: Yeah. I've seen that one. That one's so crazy. Yeah. So these are all different types of cordyceps. Um, They all have different, obviously each um, different strains. Um, But the one that we primarily work with is um, cordyceps militaris, um, which is, commonly, there you go. There it is. There she blow. Yeah. And you can do all sorts of different stuff with these too. Like that's probably a more commercial strain of cordyceps. And you can tell because that looks like it's been bred specifically for its genetics of being more like thin and noodly and tall. Um, but we, you know, pull these out of the wild and clone them in the lab and try to breed them for different, um, uses and, and try to get that stuff tested and see, you know, which ones are producing which compounds at, at which higher rates. So corticepin is usually what we're looking for. Um, is, uh, very similar to something, your body, a compound, your body, um, already makes naturally called adenosine triphosphate atp if you're familiar um, atp is a free energy source so when you ingest cordyceps cordycepin goes into your body on a cellular level and it's actually able to give you um, just natural sustained energy so that's why we really like cordyceps look at that that's so sick um That's why we really like cordyceps, and um, they're just able to do so much for us. They've been used in traditional Chinese medicine for ages, but they're becoming more and more popular here um, in the U.S. I think the next popular one is lion's mane. A lot of people are pretty obsessed with lion's mane right now um, as it pertains to stacking it with other substances, um, but also because it helps to – really create neuroplasticity in the brain. Um, Lion's mane has this really cool cascading effect on some of the um, specific um, species of lion's mane. Um, Let's see which one Steve's gonna pull up. Yeah, look at that one's cool. And then type in heresium coralloides. See, type in Coralloides, because that one has a different kind of vibe to it, which is cool.
0: How do you spell that one?
1: C-O-R-D-I Coralloides. I have no idea. I have dyslexia.
0: All right. Well, I'll, I'll figure that out here. And, uh, <laughs> See, I can...
1: uh, maybe I can find it and put it in the chat, but um, <laughs> the reason why I like that one too, I mean, there's just so many different sure it's we'll... yeah,
0: okay.
1: it's it's C-O-R-A-L-L-O-I-D-E-S.
0: D-O-R-A-L-L.
1: D. Yeah. E S. Did you find
0: it? I just came up with a bunch of coral pictures.
1: Oh, I'll oh, here, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's cool for people to see because there's so many different variations that it's like that's what. I feel like is so trippy about mushrooms Is people are like did it pull
0: yeah
1: yeah see there you go there's so many different variations and like one of the first times i was looking for lion's mane i saw you know this coraloid species and i was like there's no way that's lion's mane you know but it's like that's yeah, totally lion's mane um it looks like coral and it's named after that so they have all sorts of different um you know, expressions depending on different, um, different strains. It's pretty cool.
0: Super um,
1: neat. Um, wow. but yeah, this, this is something that I'd be interested more in, um, really, yeah, look at that's So pretty. I'd be <laughs> really interested in, um, you know, testing more of these compounds in these different, um, variations and then seeing, you know, like which, which is more um, helpful for anxiety, which is more helpful for depression, you know, and being able to have some sort of um, gauge around that um, would be super cool.
0: Uh, there's still so uh, so much that we don't know about what, um, different compounds that these mushrooms make. There's so many different complex compounds that are uh, not found anywhere else in, in nature and, some of their different abilities. I mean, they found mushrooms inside the reactor at Chernobyl to help clean up uh, uh, the radiation there. It started to evolve to eat radiation. They're talking about using that to clean up different waste sites for weapon stuff and all that kind of stuff for the military and as well as different waste from different facilities, from power plants and stuff like that. So uh, there's so many different aspects to it that uh, are, are just well beyond anything else um, in, in terms of the nature, natural world.
1: I went to the office to grab some of these. I think I've showed you these before, but these are the, these are the extracts that, um, I work with specifically for cognitive functions products. So this is, um, this is concentrated cordyceps. So you can see how, um, how rich in color it is, um, really the amount of, um, We try to do as as least heat as possible but kind of like you're saying it's like they have so many different uses and how can we be able to get the compounds to express fully you know um, when i first started working on this project i was like okay well cordyceps are super thin and fragile you know for the most part like they don't need 212 degree fahrenheit boiling water poured over them like i don't think they like that very much but chaga on the other hand like is super dense and needs way more heat um to be able to fully express and fully decoct. so you know here's the chaga for example it's like all balled up and it's much different but yeah this is lion's mane which Interesting because it's very brown. I know we've talked about trying to run some extractions together, so we'll have to get that popping.
0: Yeah, definitely have to run a couple of the rounds of this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Here's some steps, um, but these have been um, probably these have been sun sun tanned a little bit. They've, they're, they look like they've lost their color a little, <laughs> but I usually put these on my table so people can see, people can see what things look like.
0: Um, we haven't talked yet about uh turkey tails and rishis, which are some of the other ones that you have in your, your. Yeah. Various-
1: yeah. So turkey tails, the mushroom that has received a lot of, um, press around its cancer fighting properties or abilities. I don't make any claims at all, but um, it's full of um, different compounds to help the body uh, deal with the stress management um, of cancer and the way that that is attacking your system. Um, So I've, I've heard a lot of people having, not a lot, but like a lot of the studies that have come out have been more successful with Turkey tail. I personally really like Turkey tail as a digestive, um, support. It really helped my digestive system. And I make a blend with Turkey tail, um, milk, thistle seed, licorice root, burdock root, and dandelion. And, um, that blend is called the alchemize. It's usually always sold out on the site, but, um, It's because I really only use wild crafted turkey tail. So sometimes when it's out, it's out. But that blend specifically made for um, processing um, your hormones and your liver and just as basic liver detoxification. But I find that um, because that turkey tail is in there, it just really helps with the digestive system and it feels really good. Um, Is it on there? Going. I also put the turkey tail in, um, there it is, turkey tail alchemize. Yeah. I also put it in the defense blend, which is the one that's right next to it. The defense blend has a little bit of all the mushrooms that I work on, so all six mushrooms. And then as you just hovered over it, you can see I put the um, anatomy of the body on all the bottles. so. Um, being more neurodivergent, I wanted to have a visual component on all the bottles so that like anybody can pick it up and take a look at it and you can have the communication that way where you don't necessarily have to read it. You can just understand visually what, what it means. Um, so they all have different things. So cordyceps great for the lungs and for the adrenals, turkey tails, more, um, the flow that you just went over is more for nervous system and um, lungs. So, yeah.
0: that's. I like that uh, concept. It makes it a lot simpler for people to understand. That's really neat.
1: Yeah. My ex-partner had a young son too. And so there was a part of me that was like, I want like a five-year-old to be able to grab this off the shelf and know what it is and not necessarily have to read the label. Um, I just – I love the concept of of really being able to communicate via symbols. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that the mushrooms have, have taught me is communication and communication via symbol. Like lion's mane, for example, it looks like a brain. It's good for your brain. You know, nature's handing us these things on a silver platter. It's like, here, this is good for you. Here's what it's good for, you know? So... Yeah, just really trying to work with them in that way and help them express to the best of their capabilities. Um, and then reishi mushroom, I think, was, yep. were you going to say something?
0: No, I was just going to say about reishi. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Reishi mushroom's amazing. And if you don't want to take a tincture of it, I mean, most people do because it's very bitter. But I think that's why I like it so much. I think that we need more bitters in our diet, um, in the US particularly. But that's a mushroom that I keep on the stove just or on a, in a crock pot, just decocting all the time. Sometimes I'll add some chaga in there as well. And you can just leave that thing going for a couple of weeks on low and just keep refilling the um, water. Always use filtered water. I use a Berkey at my house. Um And if it's too bitter tasting for you, my hot tip is to um, add it to your use it as your coffee water. So if you've got like a coffee maker at home, you can just pour that mushroom tea into your coffee maker and let it pull that through your um, ground coffee beans. And then you can drink it and it really masks that flavor. Um, But if you're bold enough to try it, I highly recommend I feel like When I drink reishi tea, it kind of just like cleanses my palate a little bit. Um, It definitely makes you crave sugar less. It's great for the nervous system. It's great for the lungs, the liver. Um, It's known as the mushroom of immortality. So yeah, I mean, who doesn't want that?
0: Uh, I know there's certainly documentation for rishis going back at least, uh, was it four or 6,000 years in Chinese medicine? Um, You know, I think the first one of the first writings is the same one that was the first writing about medicinal properties of cannabis uh, in Chinese medicine as well in the same book. So uh, a lot of these things have a very uh, intertwined history when it comes to uh, healing people and, you know, being of the same culture even thousands of years ago.
1: Absolutely. I think cannabis and mushrooms go hand in hand also, just as a sidebar. (laughs) I think that they like want to be together. And um, I mean, we've talked about this before, but like in cannabis grows, like trying to have little mushrooms fruiting out of the living soil is like a goal. Um, I used mushroom blocks a couple grows back just to put on top of the soil as like a mulch instead of straw just for an indoor grow in uh, my two by two that I might have in my, my closet, um, just to see what would happen. It definitely dries out a little more. doesn't mulch as well, but, um, you know, it's fun to just kind of experiment. I bet Steve's going to pull up a really cool picture in a second. <laughs> um, and too, like, if you are gardening at home and um, you you want to start growing mushrooms because you're fascinated by it, even if you pick up a grow kit online and you fruit it out a couple of times, you can use that block once it's done to add it to your compost um, and add it to your beds and it, it'll do wonders for your garden.
0: It was... Uh, oh. Oh, oh, my mic's is not muted. Um, I was gonna pull up some mushrooms in the garden of, of uh, some commercial grows that I've been working on, uh, just to kind of show that, you know, they do grow really well together. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mhm. Bottom of the pot there. <laughs> Those guys are cute. That looks like a little mica cap. I wonder what that is.
0: Hold on, I got a lot bigger ones here. Me, two seconds to find them we're. We're chatting. Um, well, uh, you also are, are passionate about wild mushroom foraging. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, that I feel like is a big part of just the uh, medicine in itself is like how how often can you get out um, into the forest and look around. Um, a good friend of mine the other day, he said, I judge my wealth by the amount of days I get to go mushroom hunting a year. And I was like, I feel that. Um it's like so true. Like, how many days do you get to take off and like just go run around the forest barefoot, you know, and like look at cool stuff and um, find some mushrooms? Um, I'm in the Pacific Northwest now, like I mentioned, and here we get like so many seasons of mushrooms. Like, I feel so blessed and spoiled up here. I'm like really anytime you run into the woods you're gonna find something um we have we have a lot of red belted polypore around here um that's probably the most common mushroom that I find oh yeah I love this picture look at how cute I love that looks so good what um what strain um is that plant do you know do you remember I think you're muted
0: this particular one was either hash plant or um i forget what purple something else that we had out there i mm-hmm. don't remember yes yeah, exactly.
1: see some purple in it those are cool
0: yeah we get all kinds of good stuff when you're dosing with imo and you're yeah really getting wild spores in your your soil like all of these are in the same facility we had probably Thirty different species of mushrooms that were blooming like every morning when you came out there was a bunch of mushrooms that had bloomed overnight and then you'd have like a new batch every day which was like super exciting it was like going out seeing what what popped up today when you're scouting out the the grow it was really fun
1: (laughs) IMO IMO will change your life IMO yeah that's where it all starts that's incredible yeah (laughs) I love that. Um, but yeah, so I feel like trying to get outside as much as possible is the biggest thing. And, um, I, I feel like I've been finding so much red belted polypore lately that maybe that's going to have to be the next tincture that comes out. Um, if I release another one, I've got five right now and it's, it's like having five children, like the stock is low. I've got to make more and I still make everything by hand by myself. So it's a lot of work, but uh, I love it.
0: Yeah. I, uh, def- I definitely feel you there. I, uh, I did that for the edible business down here. And it certainly is a similar deal. You can only make so much in a day. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, do people want to come hang out, have a party and help me bottle all this stuff? <laughs> yeah
0: yeah (laughs) beer and pizza fill some bottles
1: yeah no my i have the best friends though they'll they'll do it they'll like pull those late nights with me to help out (laughs)
0: um what are some of the other ones that you like to forage i know um i'm going mushroom hunting on sunday if anyone is in the okc area and interested definitely hit me up on instagram um me and Jordan River are going out on on Sunday to go look for some uh, early season chanterelles. I know the cinnabars and the the yellow chanterelles should be popping. We got a little bit of a heat wave the next couple of days so I think it should get it moving after about 5 days of straight rain. So I'm pretty sure we'll yeah, do alright. <laughs> you're going to
1: do just fine and you better send me all the pictures cuz that's going to be so amazing. Um, well, right now over here, we still have morels popping off. So I need to get out. I need to take a little time. Um I think I'm gonna probably go in the next couple of weeks and go camp and look for morels and and spend some time doing that. But I haven't had much time lately. I'm like also in the process of planning this festival, which I thought was a great idea. And it is a great idea, but it's a lot of work, so I haven't had much time to go look for mushrooms. <laughs>
0: Really, yeah. Um, for anyone uh listening to the show between like six and eight thousand feet, you should be about starting to find them now. Uh, I know in Colorado, we used to find them you know, third, four, third or fourth week of May, uh, is when we'd start to find the black ones and uh, uh, black morels, and we'd find them all the way through June and even into early July uh, up in the higher elevations. So, definitely uh, a pastime of mine. I certainly miss uh running through the quaking aspens and stuff, and you know and running into moose every time we'd ever gotten to a close (laughs) encounter and almost getting attacked. It was always during morel season. Yeah. The patch of willows or something. And it stands up in front of you and you're like, Oh shit. You know,
1: (laughs) anyone that goes hunting has the best morel spots. Like those are the people you need to make friends with. Like, and they won't tell you about it. You know, (laughs) like (laughs) you gotta go, you gotta go look for people who, who, who are out there all the time because they'll have some spots, but we drove by some area the other day and I'm like, oh, it looks like a burn. I need to get out of the car really quick. I'm like, you know, I'm constantly looking for mushrooms.
0: This this is our oh, look at that. These are some yellows and then a, a false morel. You can yeah. eat most of these, by the way, a lot of people think you can't eat them. Some of them absolutely can make you sick. Like in Colorado, higher altitude than you can. But in Oklahoma, most of the species actually are edible. You just have to make sure you thoroughly cook them. So, um, they're, they're called beefsteaks uh, to some, you know, some parts of the country. So, uh, definitely make sure you get proper ID on it. I naturalist is a really good resource. Uh, mushroom yeah. Observer is another good one. Uh, if you're looking for resources,
1: they're so cool. I mean, I love cutting them open too, and they're hollow on the inside and they just look like, just looks like a palace, you know, like looks like some sweet mansion for a bug. Uh, I like to imagine things as like smaller, like, you know, uh, ecosystems and, and the brain can wander and create cool stories in my head. Um, but when they're hollow too, it's a great, um, opportunity for chefs. Uh, you can shove cheese in it <laughs> and cook them. Look, those look so great.
0: I love my even a bad day mushroom hunting is a day in the woods you know
1: (laughs) oh absolutely I'm like even if I'm not coming back with anything I'm coming back with just like a smile on my face from being outside and getting some sort of microbes in my my nose and my eyes and on my hands it's beautiful
0: (laughs) oh yeah for sure um um, so what is uh, some of the different best ways to consume these different uh, types of um, uh, mushroom medicines? You know, and it, you've talked a little bit about tinctures and a little bit about fats and stuff. What are some of the other ways that you found that are, you know, uh, some of the best ways to really get the best efficacy Are you found?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, if you can just get more mushrooms in your diet, that's huge. So Um, finding either joining a mycological society and getting out and starting to learn different IDs and getting out with your community and, um, harvesting your own mushrooms out of the woods, um, and trying to get more wild foods into your diet is so big anyways. Um, but if that's not really, uh, an option for you right now, another great solution is starting to go to your farmer's market and seeing you know if you have a local mushroom grower um, in your area um, or hit me up and I, I might know somebody who's close by to you um, and support them and try to just make different dishes with mushrooms in them um, that's a really good way uh, and making teas is also brilliant I love just being able to have mushroom tea all the time and you can add whatever you want into it like The more, the merrier. In in that in that regard, I do reishi, red belted polypore, turkey tail, chaga. Sometimes even shiitake, lion's mane. I had some oyster buds the other day, and I threw them in there too. Um, And I just keep it going and try to drink it throughout the day. Keep the immune system healthy. Keep the lungs feeling good. Um, And then, yeah, if you're at home and you like the concept that. I started doing, you know, um, that I sell like my brain lube, that's just coconut oil, lion's mane and MCT oil. And that's something that you could try to whip up, um, on your own too. Uh, when I first started doing it, I was doing it with just uh, fruiting bodied mushrooms. So, um, now it's got the extracts in it but you know you could dehydrate your own lion's mane and try to mix it into uh full fat as well and and add that into whatever you're cooking um i really enjoy it in in a little bit of bone broth um or on top of my oatmeal in the morning if i have oatmeal but um yeah those are all great ways to do it um i've got on the stove right now some beautiful cacao from ecuador that i just mixed um two ounces of reishi lion's mane honey into. So that's going to go in a, in a nice little jar for later. Um, just so that I can kind of microdose, you know, a nice blend, um, throughout the week. And, you know, you can use that in, in whatever application you want, you can eat it out of the jar, or you can add it to your coffee. Uh, I really like to make things that, um, you can try to add into your daily routine so that you're able to be a little bit more consistent and you can dose yourself throughout the day to really stay on top of the medicine in that way.
0: Those are really great tips. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So you have an upcoming event uh, uh, that you're putting together. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Heck yes. I want to talk about that. I'm so excited and you're, you're going to come out, right? Hopefully.
0: Yep. I'm hoping to. Yep.
1: Okay, good. Um, yeah, Steve's going to be there. Our really good friend Chris Trump is also going to be there. He's going to drop some deep KNF knowledge on everybody. Um, also, Matt Powers, hopefully, is going to come out. Um, if you know his work, he's the permaculture student on Instagram. Um, and then uh, I'll be speaking as well, and we'll have a bunch of other people out in the mycological realm. Um coming out to teach about, you know, mushroom cultivation, a good friend of mine, um, Mendo Maiko, he's going to be out speaking about uh, single use plastics and uh, zero waste in mushroom cultivation. That's going to be an amazing class. Um, We're going to have a whole little round table discussion on home birth as well, because I feel like that's a really important topic. um, And for any women uh, listening, we're also going to have a whole women's studies class, which is going to be cool. We're going to have general homesteading, so soap making. Uh, we're going to have a butchery class as well. So it's called Myceliate. You can find more information at myceliate the um, It's going to be all mushrooms and permaculture focused. It's on 400 acres out here in the Seattle area. And if you, um, are flying in, you can hop on one of our shuttle buses to get to the, there we go, the little flyer that I made. We're going to talk about cannabis too. Um, Yeah. So if you hop on a plane and you arrive at the SeaTac airport, we're more than happy to pick you up. We've got um, a huge... Um, cabin situation. So you can either do general camping and bring your own tent or car camp or load up an RV and come there's hookups, or you can um, bunk up in one of the cabins um, as well. So it's just like going to summer camp when you were little. um, And it's going to be a really great experience. And you'll meet so many cool new people. And um, I'm really stoked for it. Uh, I'm hoping to get three to 500 people out this year. Meals are included. Um, and I can't, yeah, that's, I can't say any more about it. I'm just so excited. I'm like, I want everyone in one place. I think that's the biggest aspect of it. It's really going to be a skill share. So trying to you know come and gain knowledge in ecological literacy and being able to take that back home to our local communities and amplify you know communal abundance together is really the goal with this thing so it's completely self-funded by me buy a ticket support come out <laughs> see all your friends uh yeah it's
0: amazing uh certainly i'm looking forward to that and uh Certainly a great excuse to get the hell out of Oklahoma during the hottest part of the year. So, yeah, (laughs) Uh, but definitely uh, uh, looking forward to that. Always fun to hang out with Chris and uh, be really neat to to meet you in person. We've uh, been interacting for quite a while. And uh,
1: I know it's so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I know you so well. And I'm like, we've never even met in person. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, me too. Um, yeah. So we have, uh, let me make sure. I, oh, um, did you want to, we had one other question that I was kind of hoping to, or one other series of questions I was kind of hoping to ask you about a little bit. And I know you kind of mentioned that you uh, maybe haven't done it quite as recently, but um, yeah. do you have any advice for people that are maybe like super excited about this? They want to maybe try and grow some of their own stuff at home. Like what are some good resources or good ways for so they get in, get into it? And then what are some of the best species to start off with? Uh, if they're yeah, looking totally. to, to learn the science
1: yeah absolutely um i'd say come to my celiate the festival august 19th through the 21st to learn about cultivation um but also uh you know depending upon your area there are so many different teachers um that you can find so I try to I try to go that route. Um, also on YouTube. So depending upon what species you're trying to grow, if you're trying to do something that's not necessarily in the magic zone, um, I would definitely lean towards an oyster strain. They're super resilient. Um, They're a fun one to grow. I feel like you really get to know about mushrooms when you start to cultivate oysters. Um, They're very forgiving and they're excited to be invited to the party. So, and they taste great. So um, I definitely probably start with an oyster, um it's an easy one to do and you could if you've got you know like a home scale garden um you could easily uh just pasteurize some straw and try to inoculate it with a grow kit of sorts and you could be growing mushrooms up and fast quick and dirty with not a whole lot of input um costs and energy um if you're looking to do you know something a little bit more yep there you go Um, If you're looking to start really getting into it, I'd recommend um, checking out a class. If you're in the Seattle area, I do cultivation classes um, quarterly um, where we do different species and we talk about different ways to grow mushrooms Um, But you'd really want to look into getting like a still air box or a flow hood of sorts so that you have a clean environment to work from, to really be working with different mushroom cultures and being able to amplify your grow in that way. Um, So yeah, I hope that that's enough information. If you start getting really excited and you go down a rabbit hole and you start producing a ton of mushrooms, get in contact with me and we'll get you... I'll come tour the farm and buy back whatever you grow so that I can uh, make more medicine with it. So it's good incentive.
0: It's a great incentive. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, if anyone has any questions in chat, um, throw them up in the chat here. We'll, we'll add them to the queue. Um, uh, we, do you have any other tips or tricks for mushroom hunting? Uh, I can definitely share mine. So um, the best things that you guys can do is look up online for a rain shadow map. Uh, And then look at the three-day and five-day previous rain shadows. And that's where you want to go because that's where it's rained in the last three to five days. If you're looking for a quarter inch or more of rain, ideally, um, if you really want to get good flushes, a half inch or more is is even better. And then also look at what side of the mountains or area that you're looking at. Is it south-facing, north-facing? Because that'll change the temperature of the ground a lot of most mushrooms that we're hunting are associated with uh, plant roots or tree roots or bush roots or or some other root system Uh, and that's the reason why they're wild harvested instead of cultivated Uh, a lot of those really can't be done artificially yet uh, or you know our understanding of it is still very infantile compared to some other other areas of cultivation so um, you want to look for the species of trees that are associated with the stuff that you're looking for for instance I'm, i'm looking for lodge poles if i'm looking for um uh, porcinis up in Colorado or I'm looking for more aspen pine mix if I'm looking for chanterelles or no, chanterelles, uh, uh morels uh and then uh, you know deciduous trees more for chanterelles um but the real hack and the thing that I really learned and I learned this from a guy at the Colorado Mycological Society and this hands down if you combine this with uh, rain shadows and then a little bit of documentation on your end you'll end up way better harvests is take a meat thermometer a digital meat thermometer out <laughs> Of the forest stick it into the ground about three or two to three inches down and measure the temperature once you start finding the mushrooms that you're after uh, and and you can figure out what the exact temperature is to trigger that fruiting bodies in the in the my- mycelium in your local area for your species that you're targeting in that in that local mountain or, or valley or whatever so by by doing that you can map it out so you can go to the area stick your thermometer ground and be like nope we're early or we're late it's too hot it's too cold it's whatever or move on to the next spot because half of mushroom hunting is moving on to spots that are more productive and off of the stuff that isn't so being able to keep moving and keep harvesting really saves you a lot of time and that's really once I started combining that with the rain shadow maps I've it's just been a, a huge huge difference in terms of daily yields when I do go out hunting
1: you just gave them all the sauce I was gonna say know <laughs> your tree. that was where I was gonna <laughs> gonna go yeah that everything that steve just said he just he just laid it down 100 (laughs) percent um and yeah i think like getting getting tree identification books is super huge because of the symbiotic relationships um and then it's a twofer because you really get to learn about you know even more about your ecosystem with with different trees in your, your region, which is super important. Um, and then once you start learning about that too, it starts to make cultivation easier because you're about to understand more about which mushrooms like to grow, you know, closer to which strains and, and whatnot, um, which is huge. Um, and then I is a great tip. If you're just starting out, um, there are also a lot of really great mushroom growing or mushroom, um, groups on Facebook, uh, which you can, most of them are public or it's easy to hop into them. Um, and yep, there's iNaturalist. Um, and a lot of that community will really help you out. Um, for the most part, I know that like my colleges sometimes seem a little daunting, but uh, everybody's really just here continuing to try to learn and, and, and wants to push forward You know, the beautiful medicine that it is to get out and look at things and Um, be excited about it so make friends the other tip that I was going to give is um, if you have children or you know of where you can acquire a child uh, to hang out with for the day in the not creepy sense uh, bring them because they're lower to the ground so sometimes their eyes can see things that you can't see (laughs) which is great and they have a blast being out there too so those are my tips
0: oh yeah. Oh, Yeah. yeah And you can set the filters on this to be like whatever you want. So if you just want to look for snakes or amphibians or reptiles, amphibians, birds, mushrooms, plants, insects. Um, I like it a lot when I'm doing consulting. If I've never seen an insect and it's on a pl- outdoor plants before, I can at least get an idea of what it is. You know, is it a friend? Is it a foe? Um, you know, is it uh, something I need to worry about getting bitten or stung by? you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but especially if you've never, you're really trying to learn just, hey, what are the plants and animals in my yard or in the park or forest near me? It's one of the best resources out there. And it's all, you know, crowdsourced. So you can report stuff on there and submit it and be part of that as well. Um, and you it's know, so definitely something fun to do with kids if you're looking for education options and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. And uh, one of the best resources out there. And then I really like Mushroom Observer. I've used that quite heavily as well in terms of trying to get final IDs on stuff. I don't know if you've used that website as well.
1: Yeah, Mushroom Observer is great. They have extensive amounts of information on boletes, which is, I mean, you can go down that rabbit hole wholesale. You'd be in 3 a.m. in bed, like just looking through all the boletus (laughs) genus. Like (laughs) that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> or you, some of them are strange, too, because like so in Colorado, you have the aspen, the aspen mushrooms, aspen bleeds, which are normally and everywhere else in the US perfectly safe to eat in certain ground conditions or there's some type of certain subspecies that's toxic and it makes gives people pretty bad gastrointestinal issues like it, yeah. it's whereas normally it's edible, you know, and so you do have some weird populations even within species that are just against the grain which is why it's always kind of a a little bit odd but um one funny thing when my buddy damien and i used to mushroom hunt uh and he is a little fluffer
1: he's he's been whining so i think he wanted a little attention
0: (laughs) he's like she's she's not talking to me and she's been talking this
1: whole time (laughs) norm's an old man now so he needs attention
0: (laughs) so my buddy damien yeah we used to get uh, snowbank mushrooms, which are mushrooms that grow right at the edge of where the snow melts. If you're ever in a higher altitude, there'll be like a webbing on the top of the snow. And, and it's actually mycelium mats, which is really cool. Um, but it helps kind of slow down some of the snow melts and um, uh, they kind of pull nutrients from that uh, as it recedes. And um, we used to eat these mushrooms that we thought were Clyptocobe glacius. And there's some whole other never really ID'd species of Cliptocobe. And we're like, yeah, they taste great. We've been eating them for three years. And the guy's like, we've never identified those. And I was like, well, they taste great.
1: <laughs> they taste great. And I haven't died yet. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> So that was, that was like really, really funny at the Colorado yeah. Michael society but if you if you are in colorado they have a wonderful mycological society it's like 25 or 30 bucks a year for your whole family and it's certainly worth it you get access to four guided forays and all kinds of fun stuff
1: yeah support your local mushroom club for sure
0: absolutely especially if you're looking into uh, cultivation or some of the other aspects of it there's always different workshops and things if you're unable to get to the ones that cast puts on uh, uh, you can find lots of cool local ones and you know it is it's not as difficult as people think you know uh, you know back in the day uh, we used to do everything with um uh, uh, millet and coconut coir and calcium yeah uh, calcium carbonate and so in the uh, and some coffee grinds and it worked great, you know? So Oh, you
1: can use coffee grinds. We've grown mushrooms off of popsicle sticks, hair, uh, newspapers, (laughs) you know, like also like you want to get real low tech, like you don't need a flow hood, like pop open your oven. (laughs) (laughs) It it might be a little sketchy, but you can do it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna grow some mushrooms.
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely um yeah it it really is a lot easier and you know there was a um on that note there was a great uh chat about that on hamilton pharmacopoeia the other day uh with his interview with dennis mckenna about the first book on on all the do all the cultivation on all that space so um, really is kind of an interesting uh, uh interesting thing how people think it was like so common and it really isn't it really was like the end of the 70s that that really kind of Yeah, became something that was common in an everyday life for people. So
1: Chris always says uh, that Master Cho told him that Korean natural farming isn't finished. And then Chris, you know, he tells you do the things the way I'm telling you to do them. So you don't mess them up. But I always come back with natural farming isn't finished. And I like say it in a joking way, because I'm like, there are other ways to bake a cake. I know that they're not always right. And we have to follow everything, you know, to the T to make sure that we learn the right practices and all that. But I just love that concept of natural farming isn't finished because it just allows so much space for innovation. So it's like, yeah, you know, you could learn how to grow mushrooms by someone, but you can also be just intuitively kind of feel it out. There's a wealth of knowledge on YouTube. That's where I learned most of everything, you know, and then you just kind to mess around until you get the right one.
0: Oh yeah. In fact, I actually have a, a series I'm filming or about to film. I actually got the last, uh, I'm waiting on one more, but we'll we'll add that one at later. Um, of a bunch of different lactobacillus methods for making labs and yeah. so doing kefir based and then doing um, la- just lactobacillus starter and then using the chicken. There's a lactobacillus chicken probiotic for baby chicks that's highly available around the world because it's used to prevent pasty butt and a bunch of other common chicken diseases. But you could get that in Indonesia, Africa, like anywhere. Like it's just common and, and output in huge quantities for, for the chicken and poultry industry. So it's something that's readily accessible worldwide wide so i was trying to think of stuff that would be kind of you know uh, accessible to people uh, no matter where you are so we'll be comparing them so we'll, we'll we'll do that we'll see how many days it takes to to separate and then we're going to throw them under the microscope i got a new microscope uh, that's like the entry level omax it's a little bit less not, not quite as good as my main one i use but it's it, the whole series is going to be okay i want i want to get into this i want to make sure i'm doing it right what well, i yeah. a key. Decent, like $300 entry-level microscope that you can upgrade a little bit if you want to fuck with it later. Uh, how to hook up your cell phone to get a higher quality camera than most of the, expect you know, rather than spending a bunch of money on it, you already have a nice one on your phone, use it. Um, and then uh, how to check double check your work what does it look like under the microscope you know and and how do these different methods compare which ones work which ones don't which ones help the plants more so I don't I haven't seen anyone kind of do that kind of breakdown on it so especially at least on the labs everyone seems to really like labs yeah do some some cool content on that space so um I have a a bunch of working on that for a while yeah
1: yeah I'm really excited for you to release that. You were showing me labs on spirulina. Oh, was I not supposed to say that? I don't know. Oh, no,
0: that Uh, one's fine. Yeah, I can. I love that.
1: Oh, yeah. Throw them up. Show the people. That's my favorite. I love (laughs) it. I mean, like labs on spirulina. I'm like spirulina is going to save the world and labs is going to save the world. So you put them together.
0: Yeah, it makes this beautiful blue. uh, Hold on. phycocyanin. Yeah why can i not find hold on i got tons of pictures of it i just need to find them oh i know where they are in fact i think i have them basically open over here they're right next to those mushroom pictures Uh, but yeah so it's definitely i think just like you're saying with the you know further refining the labs or the the knf i think that there's still a lot of room to make to improve upon it you know i think there's an incredible base there but like I said, yeah. I think there's places you can take some shortcuts and save some time on some methodologies. I know there was a, um, gentleman on last week talking about, um, uh, doing some different, uh, uh, types of IMO that doesn't require quite as much tending, um, in, in the later stages, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah. I think there's definitely some other texts that, can be approved upon or combined into KNF. And we've also seen this too with the fish development. So we found that lactobacillus, oh, there it is. So the, here's some, this is really cool. I don't think we really showed this much on the show before. Yeah, I, I I
1: told you, but I'm working on a KNF um, guidebook. So I'd love to put this in there if it's something you want to put in there. Sure. I, ho- yeah. I hope to release it by the festival, but we'll see
0: that would be awesome um so this is blue labs but when i scraped off most of the curds and then let it sit for the day and it It formed a whole layer
1: so cool it's like that's a whole that's a whole environment right there (laughs) oh my god i love that
0: Uh, let me find so pretty have it all scooped out though. i have a better i mean here's the whole bucket it just looked incredible Like especially if you're into artwork, using the bacterial stuff for artwork is just so right.
1: I'm automatically like, how cool (laughs) would that look on a pair of pants? (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's so sick.
0: Um, but yeah, let me I have it all skimmed out. Fuck. Here it is. This is the picture I wanted to show you. So this is gives you an idea of what goes on. So you have the curds, which is the the white stuff at the top, which is the fat. And then the blue layer below it, which is the super labs. And then the regular labs are below that. It's different densities. Um, so we take the curds and we feed those to the fish. Uh, the fish really like it. it. makes the fish grow faster. It's just fat and protein. So, you know, it's good for everybody at the farm. Uh, and yeah. And we also found it kills things like E. coli. Uh, we've used it to treat E. coli, non, non-pathogenic E. coli. Uh, a couple of different times in vegetable facilities. So uh, I think that again, combining these microbials and and harvested microbials really is going to be the key to food safety long-term. I think five, 10 years from now, it's going to be required that you add labs to aquaponic systems or hydroponic systems for food safety.
1: I mean, all the innovation that you've been working on in the aquaponic space, like I just am in so much awe. I can't wait to I, I, I hope to not be too busy because I want to sit through your whole class at the festival. I'm like so excited. Every time you talk, I'm like, I got to get my notebook out because uh, Steve's going to talk about something really cool.
0: Just some regular labs just so people see the difference.
1: Yeah, it looks so tasty. Yeah.
0: And so you can actually make cheese out of the curds. Chris has a whole video on it. If you guys want to check that out, you can press it, cook it, salt it, and uh, turn it Eat into it with cheese. Crackers.
1: Super yeah. bomb.
0: Yeah. Give it to your dogs, cats, chickens, fish.
1: Yeah, dog loves it. Yeah. Kids.
0: <laughs> all your kids. all your <laughs> <laughs> um also good too if you have a tree or, you know, you have fungal diseases or root fungal diseases with any of your uh your plants in your yard. Oh, here here's the other picture I was looking for. It just comes out this incredible blue that you can't can't even the, the picture doesn't do it justice but it's just it
1: looks so cool it's amazing
0: you can use the blue to dye cloth as well you can use it if you just want to use it as a dye but yeah it's it's good stuff also high in vitamin b a lot of people don't talk about that enough in labs you know there's high amounts of vitamin mm. b in it which is a growth accelerator so you know Good way to speed up your plants organically.
1: That's what we love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let me think. Anything else that you wanted to mention? Uh, have you had any challenges developing your different mushroom products or your company in the, in the mushroom space, or has that been pretty pretty easy for you?
1: Um, I mean, nothing is without challenge. I I feel, but um. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I feel grateful every day. I just, I feel like this is the, I can't, I can't be thankful enough for for the position that I'm in right now to just really work with the mushrooms and the capacity that I'm able to work with them in. And I feel like they've really allowed me the space to be able to just exist in more mental and physical freedom. So I, I don't have much to complain about. It is kind of hard though. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you have really solid formulations and things that are really helping people. And I feel like that all really starts with the best ingredients. So for me, it's been a process of like, if I can't produce it with the best ingredients possible, then um, I'll, I'll take it off the docket. So like the ghee, for example, I only make it once a year now, because that's when I'm able to get the best butter and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and none of it's FDA approved. So I do get that question quite frequently of people being like, oh, is it safe? And I'm like, well, it's a hard question to answer. But again, just really trying to lead with education to the best of my ability and have people be able to have the autonomy to make their own decisions around what they're putting in their body.
0: Absolutely. Uh, uh, I had a question because my, my roommate is uh, claims to be allergic to regular portobellos. Uh, yeah. Says- Allergic to those, but he isn't allergic to uh, chicken of the woods. Okay. Um, so other mushrooms? Is it just the portobello family that that you know the? Um, I can't remember the name of the uh, garicus.
1: Yeah, Garricus. Yeah, I.
0: Are there other ones that? Or
1: I don't know. It's really hard. I think because these classifications are still so new. Like mushrooms, really only um, took their own um classification in the 50s so there's so much that we don't even know about mushrooms as far as you know like their whole queendom um but i i have people come up to me you know and they'll be like oh i'm allergic to mushrooms and a lot of the time i'm like are you allergic to mushrooms or do you just not like the taste or are you allergic to mushrooms or are you scared that you're gonna get high so i don't know um but I I am familiar with people having an allergy to the portobello family for sure. Um, I haven't had people, you know, come up and have such an issue with cordyceps or lion's mane, for example, it's interesting that he's okay with chicken of the woods because a lot of people have issues digesting chicken of the woods, um, because it's high in soul. it can be high in sulfur. So, um, it's fascinating that he's okay with that. Um, so Yeah. Another interesting thing to think about. There's so much to learn from them.
0: Uh, I, I know. I only ever had issues when I ate entirely too many uh, um, sewillis. but that's yeah. the only time issues. But I ate like a grocery bag worth of sewillis and in, in a, like a half a meal, so or a meal. Yeah, so. <laughs> that'll do
1: it. That'll do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing with any wild mushrooms. You never want to eat more than like a half a pound in a sitting or anything like that.
1: No, people are always like, don't eat raw mushrooms. And I'm on that tangent too. But like, I don't know, my mom, like she, she'd randomly give me like raw shiitakes when I was younger all the time. And I'd like, eat them, and I could still eat them and have no problem. Um, same with cordyceps. I eat cordyceps raw all whenever I have access to them and they don't bother my stomach at all. But I don't, uh, this is not me suggesting go eat raw mushrooms. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying everybody's body is a little bit different
0: i found it how about this some shiitake barbecue jerky
1: yeah there you go
0: (laughs) yeah good stuff well i don't want to keep you too long uh we've had you for quite a while Uh, i appreciate you coming on um do you want to tell everybody how to find you and uh if they want to learn more um let me make sure i pull up there we go i think i got all three of them up okay um you want to tell everybody how to find you
1: yeah, you can find me on Instagram at, um, Cassandra Posey. There's me. Um, you can also find me at cognitive function on in- Instagram as well. Um, or cognitive uh, go peep the new website and let me know what you think. Um, if you're local to the Pacific Northwest, you can find me at the farmer's market in Ballard. Um, talking about mushrooms, um, You can also find me at my Celiate, the festival out here, August 19th through the 22nd. Um, And again, if you guys are flying in from other areas and you need help with transportation from the airport to the venue, we can help arrange that. We're going to have a couple of shuttles running. Um, Early bird tickets are up right now. uh, So please go and support and we'd love to have you out. Uh, It's going to be a beautiful weekend. So Yeah. Thank you so much, D, for taking the time to have me on. I know that we've been trying to do this for a long time, and I'm glad that it finally aligned.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful to have you on. I think we uh, educated people quite a bit today about some of the different things about maybe some medicinal mushrooms that they haven't heard of before. Uh, And maybe, you know, because people talk about so much of the other ones that are out there that uh, we're we're avoiding intentionally because the YouTube got (laughs) very angry. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh hail um,
1: the YouTube gods, yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, um, we'll have to do like maybe an audio version that where we talk about that, or we'll at least that just an audio form or something, then we can get into that stuff. Absolutely, um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, definitely, uh, thank you for your time to come on, and uh, I've definitely wanted to get you on because we haven't had anybody talk about those types of other medicines, and um, I think it definitely complements the same kind of mindset that a lot of us have with cannabis and uh. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to help educate people.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who took the time to listen. We really appreciate your support and we hope that you go forth and spread spores and inoculate the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, and if anybody's looking for uh, uh, inoculating their brain for more aquaponic cannabis education, they're welcome to check out uh,
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, t- <laughs> abmjglass.com. <laughs>
1: That was a great segue. (laughs) Sponsored, sponsored by guys. Go buy tickets. Go learn more things. Collect skills. Uh,
0: But we do cover a a ton of different aspects of commercial and home scale aquaponic cannabis production. We have a huge library of that. We'll be doing a huge overhaul and and update to the pest control stuff. Added a ton of insects uh, species that are um, you know that we've run into in commercial scale that. We don't really see a lot in books and stuff like that, like lace bugs and some of the other things that aren't really being talked about yet uh, in a commercial scale. So we want to kind of make sure that you have access to the best information on that. Um, so definitely looking forward to, to that as well. So um, if you guys want to listen to past episodes, we had a quick uh, Professor Q on last week. We have the wonderful uh, Mike West on uh, next week. He's uh, one of the head engineers of some of the largest extraction facilities in the United States. Uh, as well as uh, the most knowledgeable cannabis extractor that I personally know. Um, So definitely a great episode. He's been on uh, once or twice before, and we're certainly excited to have him back on. And uh, don't forget to check out two weeks ago, we had Tommy Chong. So we have quite a few great episodes, past, present, and future. uh, And we're uh, certainly looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. So uh, thanks a lot for watching. You can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all the things.